That's the choice that we're making, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but right now. We're making that choice. Every time you get up and decide that you're going to do something or not do something, every time you decide to speak a word, you got to determine whether or not you're going to do it in alignment with your Lord and Savior or whether you're going to do it based on what you think or what somebody have taught you or what they say in the world. We have to choose whether or not we're going to do things God's way or whether we're going to do it our way. Sunday Supper and time to feast on God's Word. Sunday Supper is a ministry of Christ Church for the End Times. Christ Church for the End Times is a non-denominational teaching church ministry. Our mission is to help prepare God's people for life and ministry during the times in which we live. Join us on Wednesdays at 6.30 p.m. for a dynamic, practical, engaging, and life-changing Bible study, and on Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our weekly church service, But for now, let's feast at the Lord's table. Here's today's message, already in progress. And the Lord is saying, you're going to have to choose, but you got to make sure you recognize the choice that you have to make. Because right now, the world is giving you choices. They want, to, they want you to choose equity. They want you to, they want you just because of the color of somebody's skin, uh, uh, choose one race over another race. They want you to choose one, one status, economic status over another. They want you to choose what sex you, go, you want to be about. This morning you can choose to be a girl. Later on you can choose to be a boy. And one minute from now, you can choose that you want to just fluctuate between all that other kind of stuff. That is idiocy. And they don't want no one to tell you that is idiocy. It is sick. And they don't want nobody to tell you that. So you got to re- realize what choice you are making. Your choice, our choice, has to be choosing the Lord. And that's where it is. Out of all these things, you can narrow it down to just this one thing, whether you want to choose God or whether you want to choose something else. That's the choice. And Joshua says, you got to make that choice now. You can go down the road that your forfeit parents went down and, and reject God and die in the wilderness. You can go, choose the gods and, and all the stuff that people are doing all around you. You got to make that choice. Or you can choose to serve the true and living God. Joshua said, as for me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. Then you can serve whoever you want. But that's the choice that we're making, not tomorrow, not yesterday, but right now. We're making that choice. Every time you get up and decide that you're going to do something or not do something, every time you decide to speak a word, you got to determine whether or not you're going to do it in alignment with your Lord and Savior or whether you're going to do it based on what you think or what somebody have taught you or what they say in the world and what have you. Every one of us, we have to choose whether or not we're going to do things God's way or whether we're going to do it our way. In Luke chapter 6 and verse 46, the scripture says, And why call ye me Lord, Lord, and do not the things I say? That's the choice we're making, and this is what the Lord is saying. You say I'm your Lord, but you won't even do what I'm saying. So am I really your Lord? If God is our Lord, we're going to do what he says to do, meaning 
we are going to relate to him. We are going to relate to people, not based on the color of their skin, not based on their national origin or their status or anything like that. We are going to develop that familiar relationship with the one and only true and living God. And going to church occasionally or exercising what we call worship and things like that isn't going to be acceptable to the one and only true and living God. If we're not doing it his way, he's not accepting it. If we don't do it with excellence, he's not accepting it. And this is why I tell people, you've got you to tune your heart to do things excellent, excellently. And what we do, we do things based on how we feel and based on what we think. No, you've got you to train your heart and your mind to do things excellently so when the time comes when there's pressure against you, you automatically still do it excellently. Why is it, what is it about us that think we can just do anything, we can have to do things, we can do things uh, whatever the kind of way we want, but when it really gets get important, we're going to do it right. No, that's not how you train your heart and your mind. You've got to train your spirit. You've got to train yourself to do things excellently because when it comes to the kingdom of God, the kingdom of heaven, everything is done in excellence. And when you get there, you can't be struggling to do things right. No, it needs to be a part of your heart. And Jesus said, if you're not faithful over your own stuff, how are you going to be faithful over somebody else's? And so when you treat yourself all kind of way, when you live a disordered life and what have you, how will somebody give you the, 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 the more the more significant things, the things of the kingdom. It's not going to happen. That's not Pastor Bennett saying that. That's what Jesus Christ himself said. That's what the word says. And so we as people of God, we don't, we don't have the luxury of living life like this, like this world is living their lives. Now, we're gonna, we have to know what choice that we're going to make, and we're going to choose him. That has to be our, our commitment. And thirdly, we got to make this choice continually. This is not, and it's kind of funny to me. Sometimes you, you ask someone to do something and then they do it once. And then it's something that they need to do continually. They do it once. Okay, well, I did it. It's like you check off that lick. Well, I'm not rebellious now. I'm not disobedient now because I did it once. No. Okay, the Lord tell you to sing. The Lord tell you to give. The Lord tell you to do whatever. And all of a sudden, you, well, I, I gave once. And oh, so that absorbed you from everything. Oh, I sung one song, that absorbed you from everything. I prayed a prayer, that absorbed you from praying anymore? You think, if you just ate one, one spoonful of food or one meal, is that going to take care of you for the rest of your life? I think not. But yet we think we can, we can just have to do all of the things from God and do it one time, and then that absorbs us of everything else. The thing is, the children of Israel was going to be a small group of people surrounded by a whole lot of people that did not have that relationship with the Lord that they were going to have. And so they were going to have to make the, the, the choices and the decisions that need to be made in order to, to preserve their relationship with God was going to have to be made on a continual basis. Why? Because the devil never lets up. Those influences are constantly bombarding you. They're constantly bombarding you. He will never let up. Kind of remind me when the devil came before the Lord in the book of Job, and the Lord asked him where he was coming from. He's on walking up and down, two and two and four. He's just like Peter said, the, our adversary, the devil, is like a roaring lion. He walks two and four, seeking whom he may devour. He doesn't. He doesn't stop. He's relentless. He never sleeps. He never slumber. He's constantly probing, trying to find entry to your life. 
And as soon as you get lax, all of a sudden, you've given him place. And the Bible says, give no place to the devil. We don't have time to, to let up. This is why the Bible says, don't forsake the assembling of yourselves together as the manner of some is. And even the more so as you see that day approaching. Why? Because as that day approach, things are going to get worse and worse. And you need to make sure, all of us need to make sure that our heart is anchored in the Lord. That our commitment to the Lord, to the Lord is secure. Not in ourselves, but in him. The Bible says, and Jesus said, whatever you commit to his hands, he's able to keep and no one can pluck it out. And you don't need to go back and try to get it out of the hand of the Lord yourself. If you commit it to the Lord, the Lord can keep it. No one or no thing can take it out of his hands. I mean, you're going to have to make a continual commitment. Every day of your life, every moment of the day, every choice that you make, regardless of how small or great, you need to be thinking whether or not this honors the Lord. The Bible says whatsoever you do, you do it heartily as to the Lord. But we as people of God, we're just so focused on ourselves that we lose sight of the bigger picture. And the bigger picture is it really isn't about you. Not in the, in, not in the sense that everything just needs to go your way. No, everything really just doesn't have to go your way. And the, and the thing that we got to understand is that we are part of something bigger. In Exodus chapter 23 and verse 30, Joshua was telling them, why are you trying to get them to see some things? Why God, God chose us because he loved us. Not numerically, not all these other things. Well, let's just read the verse in verse, verse uh, 30 of chapter 23 of the book of Exodus says, By little and little I will drive them out from, uh, from thee until thou be increased and inherit land. And so, and we'll get into Deuteronomy a little bit in a, in a moment, but they were, if, there wasn't a whole, a large group of people comparatively. We know that by some estimates, it was over a million and something people there. But when you look at the land, that land was so great and so large. It wasn't the Israel that you see Israel today. But a lot of the, the people that's on the land, that was the land of promise. And God says, I need you to grow first. Otherwise, if we, if I just ran out all of these people, the land will overgrow, and all of a sudden you have the beasts that will come in there, and now you have to be worried about the, the wild animals. And what that means, God needs us to grow. We need to expand our, our ranks. We need to increase. This is why he tells us to go into all the world. There are people need to be saved. There are people that need to be delivered. There are people that's crying out for deliverance but don't, don't know how. This is why the Bible says that you are the light of the world. You are the salt of the earth. You are the city that sits on the hill that can't be hid. No one lights a, 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 a candle and then put it under a bushel. God is saying, I'm not going to save you and then hide you. And some of us, we're looking to, to fly away. We're looking to go because the thing didn't work. The Lord going to save no, Come on. If the Lord is going to save you, that's fine. You don't have to focus on that anyway. If, he, if, you, if you're going to be raptured today, tomorrow, the next minute, or whatever, there's not a thing that you can do or say concerning that. It's going to happen. The thing that we got to do is the same thing that Jesus told us to do. Be also ready because you don't know. You know not when the Son of Man is going to appear, when he's going to return. You don't know. So our prerogative is just to be ready. And, and, and if we're going to be ready, we're going to have to be engaged until the moment. 
we gotta we gotta run through, we gotta swing through. We we don't have time to let up and, and take a break. Well, I, you know, I'm just tired, I'm I'm getting older, I'm I'm too young, I'm all of these things. God understand you and your state. He understands how old you are or how young you are. He understands your health status and what have you. He understands your backache, your foot ache. He understands your knee pains. He understands your, your neck pains. He understands all of that. But he's telling you the same thing that he told Moses. Who made man's mouth? God is able to do exceedingly above anything that we can ask or think. But we give life to that that we don't need to give life to. But none of that will exempt us from doing what God has called us to do. None of it. Let's look at Deuteronomy uh, beginning of chapter uh, 7, beginning with verse 1. And we want to real quickly kind of go down through verse 9. I want, you to, I want you to look at this closely. And you're going to get some, hopefully you'll get some insights on why God is doing the things that he's doing and why he's, he's instructing us to do the things that he's instructing us to do. Romans 7 and, and 1 says this, When the Lord thy God shall bring thee into the land, whether thou goest, whether thou goest to possess it, and has cast out many nations before thee, the Hittites and the Gergesites and the Amorites and the Canaanites and the Perizzites and the Hivites and the Jebusites, seven nations greater and mightier than thy. And God is saying, I'm driving them all out. It's not by might. It's not by power, but it's by the spirit of the Lord. And the thing that we got to understand, the things that you're going to face, and this is why you don't walk in fear. God can deliver by many or by few. It doesn't matter when it comes to God. He's king of kings, Lord of lords. He's the Lord of hosts. You don't have to be afraid to go here and to do that. If God tells you to do something, you do it. God knows what you don't know. God sees what you don't see. And God is saying, I'm going to drive them out. I'm going to bring you into their, in their land. There are seven great prosperous nations in the best land there is. And I'm going to bring you into it. And if we didn't walk in fear, God today will be bringing us into places that we cannot imagine. But we rather cower in fear. We rather look at what everybody else has and what we don't have. And then what you're doing, you're elevating all that stuff over God. No, if God says do it, do it. Verse 2 goes on to say, And when the Lord thy God shall deliver them before you, before thee, thou shalt smite them and utterly destroy them. Thou shalt make no covenants with them, nor show mercy unto them. And this is what God is saying. It is not that God is bloodthirsty. It is not that God is unmerciful. God is saying, I'm going to drive them out. And I'm going to use you to drive them out. Don't show them any mercy. No, no, no surgeon. No, if, if you go to cancer surgery, they don't try to leave any cancer cells. They want to kill them all. Why? Because they will come back with a vengeance if you don't get them, if you don't get it all out. And the reason why we have so much stuff coming back on us in our lives is because we don't jettison all that stuff that will come back and grow back and be a, a detriment to us in our relationship with the Lord. There are times that you got to just get rid of some stuff. And this is why we were sharing earlier. It's not that it's, it's, it's about ethnicity and, and status and all this other stuff. No, it's not about that. The Bible says God so loved the world. God loves everyone. 
And every one of those individuals that God is driving out, if they wanted to renounce all that stuff and accept, in, in that instance, move into covenant with God, cut off the foreskin or whatever into, in order to enter into covenant with God, they could have entered into covenant with God. But they wasn't going to do that. Do you honestly think the world is going to forego all the stuff that they're doing in order to serve the true and living God? Of course they won't. There will be some, and those are the ones that God is sending us to. But when everyone that's going to be saved will be saved, it will be few in comparison to those that will reject the true and living God. And if you allow all those individuals that have rejected God to come and have dominion over you, they will turn you away from God. And in their effort to turn away, turn you away from God, they will persecute you. They will do all kind of evil against you in order to try to destroy you. And so that's why we got to make that choice. We got to choose right now that we're going to serve God. It doesn't matter what they do to us or what they don't do. And God is saying, don't show them no mercy. But in, but in addition to that, don't you enter into covenant with them. And the problem with the church today we don't call it this, but we are entering into covenant with this world. And, and Lord's willing, we'll get into that a little bit later to show you how this would take place. But look at verse 3 of Deuteronomy chapter 7. Verse 3 says, Neither shalt thou make marriages with them. Thy daughter shall not give unto his sons, nor his daughter shall thou take unto thy sons. In essence, you don't go take their daughters and don't you give your daughters to them. This is why the Bible tells us don't be unequally yoked with an unbeliever. Why? Not that you're, that you're arrogant or pride or, any, or that you think you're better than anybody else. No, those individuals will turn you away from the Lord. It is our familiar family relationship with the one and only true and living God that's at stake and that's at jeopardy. You gotta, we got to preserve our relationship with the Lord. we got to zealously protect our relationship with the Lord. This world will corrupt it. This world will destroy it. You gotta, we got to hold on to this, this relationship with the Lord. Our relationship with the Lord is what all of this is about. Verse 5 says, But thus shall ye deal with them. Ye shall destroy their altars and break down their images, and cut down their groves, and burn their graven images with fire. For thou art an holy people unto the Lord your, thy God. The Lord thy God have chosen thee to be a special people unto himself, above all people that are upon the face of the earth. This is what God wants to do. And God can't do that when you're serving. You, you're supposed to be serving God, but you Submitting yourself to an idol God. You're bowing down to an idol God. No man can serve two masters. You can't serve God and then serve idols also. And that's what we're trying to do here in the church. That's not going to work. It's not going to go well for you. It's not going to go well for anyone that chooses to do, do this. This is why, why Joshua said, you got to choose now. When it comes to me and my house, we're going to serve the Lord. We committed ourselves to the Lord. God is saying, burn those things down. Get rid of those things. Don't just put them aside. Well, well, we're just holding that one's pretty. I think I'll just keep that one for myself. Ask Achan how that worked out for him. When you bring the accursed thing there, you end up losing a whole lot more than you gain. 
And that's why so many of us in the church, we're losing a whole lot more than we're gaining. And then in verse 7 says this, The Lord did not set, thee, uh, set his love upon you, nor choose you. Let me just pause this. When we're talking about the day of choosing, we got to understand God has chosen us. And I was thinking, you know, it's like, um, and, and me, probably like a lot of other people, you had crushes on, on a girl, or you, if you're a girl, you had a crush on a guy, and, and what have you. Sometimes you're, you're afraid to say anything, but you build up enough courage and what have you, and they be polite. Well, I don't love you that, I don't like you that way. you like a brother. I mean, that's just, that's like a dagger in the heart. So you my brother. God, oh, I don't want to be your brother. <laughs> you know? Are you like my sister? You don't want to hear that when you really love someone. And what that means is that they don't feel about you the way that you feel about them. And unfortunately, that's the way we are when it comes to the Lord. We don't feel about the Lord the way the Lord feels about us. God is telling you. God is, God is truth personified. When God says he loves you, he loves you. And God is saying... And, and read verse, well, I'll tell you what, um, yeah, let's just read verse 7 again. He said, the Lord did not set his love upon you. Notice that he says, set his love upon you, which means it's fixed. It's settled. God loves you. But he didn't set his love upon you or chose you. He chose us or choose you. He chose us. He didn't do it because you were, I hadn't, a greater numbers than anyone. Let me just read the scripture. The Lord did not set his love upon you nor choose you because ye were more in number than any people, for ye were the fewest of all people. He said, it's not because of numbers. My wife says a lot of times we're in the book of Acts, not the book of numbers. And that might be true. But the thing is, he, he, God isn't Choosing us because of how many of us. That's, that's, that's what the world does. That's the approach of the world. So you don't have to compl uh, complain or make any excuses about um, uh, your status in life, how many people in your church are in the pews or not. You find a whole lot of big churches. But most of those folks that you see in those churches are going to end up going to hell. Most of them. It will pass through. You don't know that. No, I don't know that. Not unequivocally, but I know what the scripture says. Broad is the, is the road that leads into destruction. And many is going to find that road. Few is the road that leads into life. And few there will be therein. I know most of the people in small churches, large churches, whatever, you don't, they don't live for God. You show up to church out of obligation, out of a responsibility. Or you promise someone that you're going to be there. Or because your parents built this church. Or my, my family grew up in this church. I was a baby when I was born in the church. I've been all this other kind of stuff. you got to understand all that stuff in the big scheme of things, all that stuff is going to matter. If the Lord tells you to go over here and you're going to be right there, guess what? You're out of the will of the Lord. Well, I went to church, the wrong one. <laughs> you went someplace according to your sensibilities, not according to what God wants to accomplish. you got to understand God wants to accomplish something in, in the life of every believer. And if you're doing what God has not told you, told you to do, you're in the wrong place and you're in jeopardy. If you're doing things when you want to do it and not when God says to do it, you're 
doing it wrong, you're in jeopardy. We got to understand God isn't in the numbers. God is in the acts. How you're acting, what you're doing, or what have you. I'm not making any excuse about how big or large a church is. It's, it's irrelevant. Yeah, I think so, like somebody said what T.D. Jake said, well, we all in small churches now. <laughs> because of COVID. People stay at home. They say, well, I watch it online. I watch it on TV. At your convenience, if the live streaming starts when you, when, when you want to sleep, forget about the live stream. I'll get it later. And all you got to do now, probably a lot of churches is, is finding out, those, those watches and those views are going down, 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 down. Some of it because they're juggling the figures <laughs> with Facebook. And some of it because people, people, not, people don't have a heart for the things of the Lord. The Bible says, oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. People don't want to taste the Lord. They don't want to see how good the Lord is. They don't want to do it because they want things on their terms. They think going to church is like going to a restaurant and ordering stuff from the menu. If the message isn't what I want it to be, then eh, I don't like that one. Oh, that wasn't all that good. If it's something like that, I go, oh, go, pastor, go, pastor. You got to understand all that stuff is going to be jettisoned. All that stuff is going to matter a hill of beans when it's all said and done. And someone need to tell you. Someone need to tell you how serious the moment is and how serious the choices that you make are. And every time you make that choice, and you are making a choice, when you decide that you don't want to go to church, when you decide that you wanna, you're going to go to church, but you're going to let one thing go in, the, in one ear and out of the other ear, that's a choice. When you choose that you're not going to, you, when you're going to do things your way instead of what God says, that's a choice. You're making a choice continually. This is indeed the day of choosing. And, jo and Joshua is saying, I'm going to serve the Lord. And my house, that means, when you said me and my house, he's not just talking about his immediate family. He's talking about his generations. We're going to serve the Lord. Verse 8 says, but because the Lord loves you and because he would keep his oath, which he has sworn unto your fathers, have the Lord brought you out with a mighty hand and redeemed you out of the house of bondage for the hand of, uh, from the hand of Pharaoh, king of Egypt. God is saying, I brought you out for two things. One, because I love you. And the next, because of my word. I told Abraham that I was going to do it. I told Isaac I was going to do it. I told Jacob I was going to do it. Now I'm telling you that I'm going to do it. And I'm, I'm going to keep my word. Not one jot or tittle of my word will fail. Heaven and earth will pass away before one iota of my word fail. And that's what God is telling us. See, God has already made the choice when it comes to us. God is going to keep his word. When you read the Bible and you see the things in the Bible that, the God, that God says that he's going to do, God is going to do them. When God says if you bring your tithe and your offerings into the storehouse, he will open up the window of heaven and he's going to pour out to you the blessing that you will not have room to, to receive and that all nations will call you blessed. He will rebuke the devourer for your sake. You got to understand God will do it. If he tell you that you, are, you can be above and not beneath, you can be the head and not the tail, you got to understand you can bank on it. God will do it. God will honor his word. He and his word is the same. If his word falls to the ground, he falls to the ground. He's not going to do that. And lastly here in verse 9 says, Know therefore 
that the Lord thy God, he is God, the faithful God, which keepeth covenant and mercy with them that love him and keep his commandments to a thousand generations. How about that? Now, do you love him? Jesus said, if you love me, you keep my saying. Some of us say we love God, but when the word says something that we don't like, we jettison it or we do it drudgingly. If you really love God and you love his word, you're going to have passion about the things of God and what his word says. If the word says love them that despitefully use you, that's not going to be hard. Well, Lord, you know what they did to me. Ah, you can say, I love you. I still love you. It don't matter what they do. I still love you. Why? Because you're one with the Lord. The Bible says that when we was yet without strength, when we were still sinning, God gave his son for us. Why? Because he loved us. God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son that whosoever believed in him should not perish, but shall have everlasting life. But you got to choose the son. Thank you for being with us today. I pray that today's meal was a blessing to you. If you are a serious Christian looking for a place to worship, fellowship, and fulfill God's call upon your life, consider Christ Church for the end times. And don't forget to join us on Wednesday evenings at 6.30 p.m. for Bible study and Sunday mornings at 10.30 a.m. for our weekly church service. The church is located at 1910 Norwich Street in Brunswick, Georgia. You can also reach us online at sundayssupperonline.org. That's sundayssupperonline.org. You can also tune us in on your iHeartRadio app. So until next week, the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine upon you and be gracious unto you. The Lord lift up his countenance upon you and give you peace. And may God's richest blessing always be upon you. Yeah.